Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we'll continue our study in this wonderful, wonderful epistle. We've learned so much going through this epistle of, uh, about law and grace. And now we're in this incredible portion about the fruit of the Spirit. And remember again, it's like a cluster of grapes. Remember, one is, one is love. Grapes are on the same vine. One is love, one is peace, one is joy. Oh my. So just remember that. This is called the fruit of the Spirit because it comes from the Holy Spirit of God. It doesn't come by anything that we do at all. It all comes by the blessed work of God, the Holy Spirit. Last week we looked at two of the, the first two of the nine, nine fruit which make up the fruit of the Spirit. We looked at love and joy. And now let's read verses 22 to 26 to see the context of today's verses. Again, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 26. The scripture declares, but the fruit of the Spirit, notice it's capitalized again, so that comes from the Holy Spirit of God, is love, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and the lusts. If we live in the Spirit, again, that's the Holy Spirit of God, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So let us now consider here, first a few more comments on joy. I didn't quite get to finish the comments on joy last week. Now, we who are the redeemed of the Lord, we have a joy within us that we didn't have before we were born again. Now, we may have had joy before over things of the world and sin is pleasurable for a season, right? But this joy, this joy is what we were talking about, Sister Mary Jane, that, that joy that no matter what's going on in the world, there's an underlying current of peace and joy. And that only comes from God, the Holy Spirit, working in us, right? And the more, you know, the more we hear the gospel, too, the more we're sitting under the preaching of the gospel, the more that, that, that we grow in the grace and knowledge and, and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not us growing ourselves because we can't, a plant can't grow itself, right? It has to be watered. It has to be cared for. And then God gives the increase, the scripture says. It's the same with the fruit of the Spirit, right? He works in us this love. He works in us this joy. He works in us this peace. He works in us these, these things. It's, it's God working in us, which is absolutely magnificent, isn't it? When you really think about it, it's absolutely magnificent that our great God would work that inside us. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So we rejoice in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's who we now rejoice in. We used to rejoice in the things of the world and the flesh. Now that we're born again and we, we find out that we've been washed in the precious blood of Christ, so we find out that all our sins are forgiven. All of them. I mean every one of them. I was pondering that this week. My, my sin shames me from my past. But it's all under the blood. God doesn't remember it. And so when I remember it, I confess it again, of course, right? But it's already under the blood, but we still confess it, don't we? And then what are we to do? We're to leave it at the cross, aren't we? 
or I like what, what we looked at a few weeks ago. Our sins are buried with Christ. When he rose, our sins were, they were gone. They're, go they're buried. They're buried, beloved. Isn't that wonderful to think that way? Something's buried, you can't see it, can you? Isn't that amazing? And then he was raised for our justification. It's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And, and this joy is an enduring joy. We're, we're, we're monumentally, as one, one grace preacher said, we're monumentally blessed. We have eternal blessings. We don't just have temporary blessings. We have eternal blessings in Christ. We have eternal salvation. Do you know we're going to have eternal joy? And we're going to have eternal love? All these things are going to be manifest even more in glory without sin. Isn't that incredible? Because what, what, what's God doing to us right now? What does the scripture say God's doing to us right now? He's conforming us to who? Amen. He's to the image of Christ. Amen. He's conforming us to Christ, right? He's, he's chipping away at us right now. I keep going back to that stones made ready sermon where, where all the work was done off-site. This is the off-site area right here, earth. And we're going to fit in perfectly when we get into glory. And there'll be no hammer, no more chipping, right? Oh, that hurts. Oh, providence, right? Oh, that hurts. Well, maybe just a little piece of, piece of stone on my arm got to be, got to be, got to be trimmed off. Isn't that amazing? You ever see, you ever see crochet things? When I remember, I remember when I was younger, my mom would show me. She'd be, she'd be doing that crochet thing, and you look in the back, and it's just an absolute mess, right? There's string everywhere. They're like, what in the world? And then she'd flip it over. And there was this beautiful picture. You know what happens with us, with all the strings of us? You flip it over and it's a picture of Christ. We, we don't know all them strings. We're like, we see all them strings. We think, what in the world's going on? Right? Being conformed to the image of Christ. And part of that is this fruit of the Spirit, right? Working in us. Working in us. And this joy. This joy is... is the fact that we delight in Christ and the joy comes from that fact that we delight in Christ and knowing that he delights in us. Do you know Christ delights in his people? Delights in us. <laughs> he's shaking his head. He's, he's thinking the same thing as I am and the same thing we all are. That's just absolutely incredible. That almost sounds too good to be true. But we saw that, didn't we, in John 17? That God delights in his people. And that the Father loves us like he loves the Son. Now that's one that you could literally spend the rest of your life meditating on that. And meditating is not, not doing some weird. Meditating is just thinking upon it, right? You could literally think upon that for the rest of your life. And it would bless your heart so much and my heart so much too. If we just meditated on the fact. We go through this life. Wow, God loves me as much as he loves Christ. <laughs> God loves me as much as he loves Christ. <laughs> I'll tell you what. 
Oh, amen. Amen. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Just, it, it, and see how this joy now, this joy just delights in Christ. This is not a natural joy for us. Because our natural joy, our, the joy that we, we had in the flesh, is all comes about because of the, the satisfaction of the flesh. Right? This, this joy is a foreign joy to us. It's a joy deep down in our souls. And it's, it's, it's wrought in us by the Holy Spirit of God. See, so, and and he, won't, he won't speak of himself, will he? All he'll do is teach us the things of Christ. Just, that's what he does. Isn't that marvelous? So when others despise us, we do just as David. We rejoice in God's electing love, don't we? I, I always like to remember this. If somebody's coming at me or... Or somebody's, you know, because you, you give a scripture and sometimes you get, sometimes you can get, Steve, you experience that. You know, you go in a room and you just mention something about Christ and kaboom, man, it's just like you dropped the bomb, you know. And sometimes you receive persecution for that. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes people are just quiet and don't want to, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. That's what it is. But sometimes you get some fellow that start ripping back at you. And I always think this, scripture. Who can lay any charge to God's elect? You know, an old preacher friend of mine used to say, I count it a small thing to be judged by you. And that's Paul saying that. That's actually a quote from Paul. Brother Don used to say that all the time. He used to say, when people come at him and stuff, he'd say, I just count it a small thing to be judged by you. My, oh my. So do that. When, when somebody's coming at you, you know, about, about what we believe, I count it a small thing to be judged by you. Oh, well. And that's from Paul. That's not just from Don. That's from Paul. Paul laid that out. You know, and it's, it's, what, what he's saying is, oh, well, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm just going to keep preaching Christ, right? That's all. Just going to keep preaching Christ. So I ask you, beloved of God, does it fill your heart with joy? To know that you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Does that fill your heart with joy? To know that you're one of his people? That he purchased your eternal soul with his precious blood? Does that fill you with joy? Well, that joy is from the Spirit, beloved. Natural world don't have that. They don't know Christ. They don't care for Christ. All they want to do, because I was there. Right, Dave? We were there. We partook in everything that, that you could do. All of us did, really. It's not just, it's not, it's not just one person. I was thinking about this today. I thought, boy, it is in me to be so evil. And I was thinking back on my past and how I used to think and how I used to act. And I thought, oh my gosh, God. You saved me? I am capable of being in jail just like the people who are in jail. I had that in me. It's, it's still in all of us, isn't it? It's in our flesh, beloved, if we're honest with each other. My, oh my. But praise be to God, we're born again now. We're not what we used to be, are we? And now we... Have you ever, have you ever experienced this? Have you ever experienced looking back at your old life and going, that's like somebody else's life. Because I'm not that person anymore. You ever experienced that? Looking back and going, who was, it? Who was that fella? <laughs> who was that? Who was that Wayne boy? Who was that Dave man? 
was, who was that fella? Well, that was us in the flesh, wasn't it? Now, and see, the, our friends and family still see the outside. But they don't know what happened in here, do they? They don't know that God's done an operation and given us a heart now that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Oh, man, we're not the same people, are we? And now we have a joy. We have a joy in our heart that cannot be taken away from us. My, oh, my. My, oh, my. When man and Satan hurl accusations against us, we just look to Christ. We say, my God's in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. You say, what's going on in this world? God doing whatever he pleases. All right? Oh, my. Let's look at our text again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Now, in Isaiah 57, 21, the scripture says, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Again, in our natural state, even though we were the elect of God, we looked and acted just like goats. Even though we were heirs to all things. Scripture says we, we studied that, didn't we? We studied that in Galatians 4. We were heirs and didn't even know it. Didn't even look like it. Couldn't tell us the day until the time appointed of the Father, remember? That's the, that's the day of love. That's the gospel day. That's when God reveals himself to us. Reveals Christ to us. My, oh, my. <clears throat> now, it says here that one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. One of the clusters of grace is peace. Now, why are there wars in this world? Why are there wars in this world? Why, why are peace treaties signed and continuously broken? Right? Continuously. Now, we've all seen that in our lifetimes in the Middle East. Peace treaty after peace treaty after peace treaty. They're always trying to broker peace. They broker it for a while, and then some fellow loses their mind. Right? Why? What's the one cause of all that? Sin. Amen, sister. Sin. Yep, sister Marshall, sin. Sin. That's the cause of it. That's the cause of it. Sin. Men and women are sinners by birth, nature, and by choice. That's what we are. That's what we are. In this peace in our text, natural man doesn't have it. You know what this peace does? This peace breaks down racial, um, racial boundaries, economic boundaries. This peace spoken of in our text is the peace of God. It's foreign to us. Do you know the body of Christ? I, I always have to laugh when, when, I, when I hear someone popping off like there's only going to be certain people in heaven and certain people aren't and they, and they divide people by color and I say that's, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. That, that is literally the most ridiculous thing because in the body of Christ there's, there's nothing like that. Out of every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every nation. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. And if we, if we look back on our histories of our families, 
right? <coughs> we trace it. Well, we can't literally trace it back to Adam, but that's where we all came from. But most of us probably came from Europe. Our, our families came from Europe. I found out that I have some, some, uh, some um, Spanish, there was some Spanish influence in my family. I had no idea. No idea. French, a lot of French. And I, you know, I often wonder, because of my olive skin, if, if I'm, if, because um, that's more of an Italian, well, the Romans went up and they conquered France, what's now France. And then they, then they occupied it. And then they settled it. So everybody comes from all these different, you know, we trace it right back eventually to Adam, right? We all have the same father and the same, the same mother. And we have the same creator, don't we? But in Christ, look at this, in Christ, there's, there's, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither bond nor free. So economics doesn't matter. Race doesn't matter. Well, race, I, I, I always hesitate to say race because we're the human race. I don't like the, the dividing of people because we're the human race in God's eyes. God doesn't see color. He sees humans, right? And that's how we should view it too, right? And so the body of Christ is made up of all these peoples, of all these different nations, right? All washed and redeemed under the precious blood of Christ. And it doesn't matter what our economic standing is. It doesn't matter where we are. Um, in, in life. Doesn't matter if we're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if we're old or young. If we're born again, we're one in Christ. And this joy, this peace, comes from God. Comes from God, beloved. And it's absolutely wonderful. And, and this peace we see here is a fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. For anyone trying to have peace, now, now you get folks out of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation who try to get God's approval, whatever their God is or whoever their God is, even some trying to, trying to please the one true living God by things they do, and that's the key. They try to, they try to please God by things they do. Well, the, the, the born-again, blood-washed group of believers out of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation are those who've surrendered by the grace of God and said, I can't save myself. God has to save me. He has, he, the only way I can be saved is if God saves me. And, and when we cry out like that, I like what Donnie Bell says, we don't, we don't cry out like that naturally. God's done something to us. Because regeneration comes before faith, right? He's already doing something in us. <laughs> He's already working in us when we're crying out like that. Like that, that publican, God be merciful to me, the sinner, God's already done something there. Right? The thief on the cross, Lord, remember me. We're here justly. God's already done something to him. He's born again. Right? Oh, isn't it wonderful? Because we have a resistance naturally to the gospel. We don't desire to hear it. We don't want to, to be around it. So anyone trying to have peace with God by works, which many do, they'll never find peace with God. They'll never find peace with God. Never. 
We will never find peace with God by anything we do. The only way we can have peace with God is in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way. There's no other way. My. And our, what's our prayer? Well, our prayer is God that God would manifest to those around us who don't believe the great peacemaker. You know who the great peacemaker is? Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ. Turn, if you would, to Luke. Luke. Luke chapter 2. How do we know he's the great peacemaker? Look at this. Well, he's called, first of all, he's called the Prince of Peace in Scripture, right? In Isaiah, he's called the Prince of Peace. My, oh, my. It's wonderful. He's called the Prince of Peace. And also put your finger in Ephesians chapter 2 as well, too. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 2. Now the angels at the birth of Christ, what did they do? They proclaimed at the birth of Christ that the great peacemaker had been born. God incarnate in the flesh. The word of God, the second person of the Trinity becomes a man. Why? To save his people from their sins. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall. shall. <laughs> there you go. I had to pause there. Shall save his people from their sins. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, my. Look at this. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 here. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Verse 14. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. How does peace and goodwill come to men? Amen, Sister Barbara. Only through Christ. Only through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If the Son shall set you free, you're free indeed. Amen. Amen. Isn't it wonderful? See, it's all centered. It, it, it's all centered about him. It all centers in Christ. It's all about him. Right? And we give the glory, honor, and praise to him who is called our Savior, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. It all hinges on him. See, if it hinges on anything we do, we're doomed. Right? We're doomed. But it, it hinges on Christ. Well, and God's accepted Christ already, then we're accepted in the beloved, Paul wrote, right? You notice that past tense? We're accepted in the beloved? Isn't that wonderful? It's already done, sister. Amen. It's already done. <laughs> it's finished. Oh, so wonderful. Now, see, that's where that joy comes in, right? And that peace, too. That peace knowing that I can't mess this up. Right? Oh, my. Now let's go to Ephesians 2. Paul has, at the beginning of chapter 2, he's told us that we are dead in trespasses and sins. And that but God. That it's the only for God and God alone. Right? I love that. But God, who's rich in mercy. Right? If it wasn't for God's mercy, if it wasn't for God's grace, there'd be no one saved. 
No one. Look at this though. This, this is magnificent. Oh, look at this. Anyone trying to establish their own righteousness by the law of Moses, by any works, they have no peace with God. They have no peace with God. The only way we can come out of the dead and unregenerate state that we're in is by, by a, a working of God the Holy Spirit, right? An operation of God regenerating us and we're given faith to believe. We're made alive. We're quickened. Given life spiritually. Life. Look at verses tw um, 11, 11 to 18. This is, this is just amazing. Look at this. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles. So he's writing to believers at Ephesus. It's a, it's a Gentile church. I'm sure there's, some, there's probably some Jews mixed in there too who have been converted. <clears throat> but he's specifically writing to the church at Ephesus, to a Gentile group. Now, this is, this is wonderful. And this is us. We're Gentiles, right? Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. So he, he's again talking about, about how um, the Jewish people would circumcise their children, right? The, the male children. And then the Gentiles wouldn't do that. Okay. That at that time, this is, <clears throat> this is even though God's watching over us, <clears throat> excuse me, even though he has his eye upon us, he'd never leave us nor forsake us, in our natural state, we did not think about God. We were without God in our minds. Okay? Look at this. At that time, ye were without Christ. We didn't have a hope. We didn't have peace. We didn't have the love, these fruit. We didn't have these things. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. <clears throat> oh, my. And strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. Now, he's speaking about the nation of Israel there, right, who were given the oracles of God. Look at this. But now, now, we were, we were aliens. We were strangers. But now. There's that word, but. Don't you love that little word? But. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Look at this. But now, now, right now. Right now we have this. This isn't something we're waiting for in glory. But now, in Christ Jesus, there's the key. It all hinges on Christ, right? Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh. How? By the blood of Christ. Amen. Brother Travis and Sister Karen, amen. By the blood of Christ. Look at that. By the blood of Christ. The reconciling blood of the God man. God himself purchased the church with his own blood. Says that in the book of Acts. We have it right here. We, are, we were far off in our minds, in our worship. We, we worshiped self. We were so far off. We had no hope. We thought we had a hope, but that hope, that hope was a refuge of lies, wasn't it? Now, what a hope we have, beloved. We've been bought, we've been bought nigh. We've been, and being bought nigh, brother, brother Brian, it's like we've been bought close. We've been bought close. How? By the blood of Christ. Who have we been bought close to? God. 
God, right? God the Father. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. We were, we were strangers in our minds, alienated, enemies in our minds. Brother Charlie, we're bought nigh by the precious blood of Christ. We're bought close. Now we can come to the throne of grace. We can boldly come to the throne of grace because we've got the blood, right? Isn't it wonderful? When I see the blood, what? I'll pass over you. There it is. I'm going to pass over you. You're the blood of my son. Oh, precious, precious blood of my son, God the Father says. That's redeeming blood, that blood. That's, that's precious blood, that blood. My, that, that blood purchased a multitude that no man can number. All that I gave to Christ, the Father says. My son purchased them. No wonder God honors Christ. He honored God, didn't he? I was listening to the scriptures this week and, and, and then listening to a, a sermon by a, by a grace preacher and, and, and he, he just brought out, it was beautiful. He just brought out how in everything that Christ did, he pleased God. Like everything. Every thought. Everywhere he walked. It was all, it was all appointed by God. He, he, he didn't waste a second. Everything he was doing, he was eating. He, Paul tells us whether you're eating or, or, or drinking, glorify God, right? He did all that. He, and he did that for you and I because we can't do that. Isn't that magnificent? And then we find out when he died on the cross, we're bought nigh by the blood of Christ. Oh, my goodness. Now, look at this. It gets even better. For he, that being Christ, is what? Our peace. Peace. That's what we're looking at today, right? He's our peace. Our peace is a man. Our peace is God in the flesh. Oh, my. He's our salvation, isn't he? That's what this is saying, too. He's our salvation. Salvation's in a person. It's in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man. For he is our peace. Look at this. Who hath made both one. He's, he's broken down, beloved. The, 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 in, in the temple, there was a court of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles couldn't go any further. And the Jews could go in further. But, but they, couldn't, they, they couldn't go any further than that, that court of the Gentiles. But look what it says here. Look what it says here. What did Christ do? He's broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That wall's gone, Dave. Jew and Gentile are now one. And do you know what's even more incredible? Only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. We can enter in now. <laughs> we can enter in at the throne of grace. In Christ Jesus our Lord. It's amazing. I'm telling you, it's, it's just incredible. Because look at this. He abolished the middle wall between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, see, that we had the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinance for, for to make in himself a twain one new man. So making what? Peace. Jew and Gentile, one in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter where we come from. One in Christ. Isn't that amazing? 
You got Canadians and Americans here together, right? In Christ. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, my. It's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, my. And look at this. Why? That he might reconcile both unto God, all his elect, whether they be Jew or Gentiles, that he might, that Christ might, not us, that Christ might reconcile us. See, we were alienated in the fall of Adam, weren't we? And, and, and we, we became, look, at, look in verse 12, strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. That's where, that was our natural state, beloved. Dead in trespasses. And if you look up at the very beginning, it says we were, we were dead in trespasses since the beginning of this chapter. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. The Jews used to hate the Gentiles. The Gentiles used to hate the Jews. But Jew and Gentile in Christ love one another. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> oh my goodness. And look at this. And came and preached peace to you. God the Holy Spirit came to us individually, didn't he? And the preacher was preaching those words. Peace to my soul. In and through the Lord Jesus Christ. For through him we both have access by the Spirit, by one Spirit, un, unto the Father. There it is. We have access to the Father by the same Spirit. So Lord Jesus Christ was, was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5 quick. And now because we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, we have the fruit of the Spirit. And all of God's born-again, blood-washed saints find perfect peace in our hearts and minds, which are what? Stayed upon Jehovah. Remember that song? Stayed upon Jehovah. That's how we need to keep our minds on Christ, don't we? We need to keep in Christ is Jehovah, right? Look at this, Romans chapter 4, actually. Romans 4, 25, and then Romans 5, 1 and 2. This is where I wish there wasn't chapter breaks because you're going to see how this just ties right into each other. Look at verse 25. And remember, the chapter breaks aren't inspired. They're put in there by man. Right? Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace. There it is. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's exactly what we were reading in Ephesians 2, wasn't it? Peace through him who loved us before we ever loved him. My, oh, my. So we proclaim. Gospel preachers get up. We proclaim the peace of God. God's people, we proclaim the peace of God to the world. That peace with God only comes through Christ Jesus our Lord. Only comes through him. And this peace rules in our hearts. How? By the Prince of Peace. By the Prince of Peace. And the peace of God comforts us because the Spirit of God has spoken peace to our hearts. Look at verses Verses uh, 22 again, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. And the scriptures declare over in chapter 6, the scriptures declare in verses six and, or 7 and 8, if you want to turn there, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, 
that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. See, our flesh produces that which is natural for us, which was the works of the flesh which we looked at. The Holy Spirit produces in us that which is unnatural to us. This is, a, this, is, this is a love from above. This is a peace from above. This is a joy from above. Now we have these things naturally sometimes, right? But, but they're fleeting because they, they're, they're, they're full of sin. But these fruits, are, these are from the Spirit. The love that we have in our natural state is not the love the Spirit gives us. It's not the same. And, and the fruit of the Spirit is not a result of our doing. They're a work of God, the Holy Spirit. And they actually define our character then. That's why we look back and go, who was that? Well, it was us in our natural state, wasn't it? But look what God's done. And we don't see that until we go through all those trials and all those things. And we look back and go, oh my. What, something, that, something that I've learned, and I told Drew this a long time ago, when we were going through all that stuff we went through, I said to Drew, and he keeps reminding me of it. He goes, I can't believe you said that. And I said, well, that's God's grace. It's not my, it, it's just something that Vicky and I kind of tried to put into practice. And, and um, I guess back then I said, well, you know, I'm just going to ask God to show me what he's trying to teach me. So when we go through trials and tribulations, say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Show me what you're just trying. Please show me what you're trying to teach me. I'm, I'm, I'm. We're going through this for a reason. Might be patience. Might be the rest on Him more. Might be comfort for our souls. There's a reason, though. Lord, please just, if you would, show me. And He usually shows you after you go through it all. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that's what that was for. Sometimes we don't even know, though, right? But. But we just learn to trust him more. My.